get me. From Studio A in Arcata, behind the Redwood Curtain, it's time for... Suckatash. Yes, Suckatash, the comedy soundcast, soundcast featuring snippets from comedy... Soundcast. And also interviews with comedians, comedian soundcasters, and other showbiz folk. And now, here's this episode's host from up the coast, the man who puts the X in Xbox and the tie on antisocial, comedy soundcast soundcaster, Tyson Saner. Saner. Saluto, and it's just me, Tyson Saner. I am your host for the duration of this episode of Sakatash numbering 273. Last week in Epi 272, my co-host and every other show host, Mark Hershon, brought the listener, which may or may not have included you, a Chats episode, where he sat down to talk with John Ross Bowie of the Big Bang Theory, Speechless, and the Household Faces podcast, and as Mark put it, literally dozens and dozens of things. It's a fun interview, and I urge you to check it out soon. This week, it's a clip show for you, so I've got a trio of clips for you from the Soundcast's Amazing Pop Culture podcast, Life is Short with Justin Long, and WTF with Mark Marin. I've also got a classic advert from our longtime fake sponsor, Henderson's Pants for You, to round out the episode nicely. Let's get to the clips. First up, Amazing Pop Culture Podcast, formerly known as Amish Baby Machine. Its description says, This is an amazing pop culture podcast providing expert commentary on comedy, music, movies, TV, news, history, and everything in between. Hang out with host Dags and assistant manager Mike Rezin and enjoy childish comedy and lighthearted fun. This clip is from the August 2nd episode called Masters of the Universe, colon, the Kevin Smith Cut. And the description of the episode says... On this episode, the 2021 animated series Masters of the Universe, colon, Revelation, the sequel to the original series He-Man and the Masters of the Universe, developed by Kevin Smith, is reviewed along with Saturday Morning Cartoons, 1980 Thundar the Barbarian, and 1967 The Herculoids, and new music by synthwave musician Andrew Benone. The clip I've selected has to do with The Herculoids. Hi, Karez, let's get into 1967 The Herculoids. The Herculoids. Man, when you sent this to me, I got to admit, not only did I forget about them, I never knew about them. So I looked them up. No, that's good. I'm glad. <laughs> yeah. I like the this powerful, amazing pop culture podcast. What I do, I use my powerful brain and I just spread it. Oh, you spread, spread it, it all over the world. I'm yes. like Johnny Appleseed of knowledge. Oh, your seed is spread everywhere. I know Thank it. Thank you. So September 9th, 1967. The Herculoids debuted on CBS. That's how old CBS is. Um, And they had 18 episodes. And it lasted uh, for a couple of seasons. It seems like a lot of cartoons back then only lasted two, three seasons at the most. And then it went straight to reruns after Anything good doesn't last. No, not at all. Life is just a party and parties weren't meant to last. Whoa, you should write that down. Yes. So the Herculoids is about a uh, a family, Xandar, uh, and also Tara and Dorno. Dorno is the son. Tara is Xandar's wife. Yes. And uh, they were uh, accompanied by five creatures. Yes. They're pets. The, the Herculoids. They're giant pets, yes. Yeah. Zo- is it Zok or Zook? Zok. Zok. Tundro. So even... And a powerful rock ape. Igu? Igu. Yeah. 
powerful. I, they're, I, they're just your average space barbarian just, family. Just your average space barbarian. That's another thing. There was a lot of like futuristic barbarian cartoons. Well, that's the reason then. I brought this in. I brought in, you know, everyone talks, oh, He-Man. But there Are were you, a couple more. Yeah, 1967, we're talking barbarians. Yeah, and that's that was, what do they call ahead of their time. Yes, visionary. Yeah, so that's, uh, I watched the, um, what do you call it, the intro? Sure. Uh, on YouTube, and I got to admit, it probably wouldn't be a cartoon I would have probably really gotten into. I probably would have just watched it because when I was a kid, I just watched cartoons. Why would you not have gotten into that? I, I loved it. I, I don't know. And it's Hanna-Barbera, which yes. shocking. They did everything back then. Uh, I watched the Flintstones, and you can tell that it's probably the same animators that animated both. Uh, just looking at the, the title, the fonts that were used back then. You know, it's not too far off from the from the Flintstones font, but... Uh, the only difference on those shows really were the writers, but you pretty much had the same animators working in the same house. As I got into this research, they are actually been around in pop culture quite a bit. They're still making cameos on shows. Most recently, they made a cameo on The Family Guy. Uh, Gleep and Gloop. Gloop and Gleep. Yeah, they... Uh, Powerful. They uh, actually, I think they destroyed part of Peter Griffin's house or yeah, something like that. Yes, protoplasma creatures. Yeah, so they've been around quite a bit. Uh, they've been in a couple episodes of Space Ghost. Um, they've been in some other cartoons. I can't remember the name of the... Uh... Tell me you know about Space Ghost. Oh, I know Space Ghost. All right. Yeah. There is a uh, a cartoon. I can't remember who it was, but they they were reading, like, fan mail. And whoever created this cartoon you could tell i guess was not a fan of the herculoids because they made fun of them being hippies and how they avoided the draft in vietnam it was just like really got what is this sacrilege i don't know blasphemy yes not everybody was a fan but i'm a fan you're a fan that's you got a bat winged laser dragon (laughs) you have a rocket (laughs) you have a ten-legged four-horned rhinoceros slash Triceratops slash Guns and Roses hybrid. <laughs> then you got a couple of ghost-looking dudes. Yes, Gloop and Gleep. Yeah, father and son. Yes, they can absorb, deflect, energy blast. One of them turned into a parachute to save one of them yes. lives. Yes, you know about the Wonder Twins. Yep. Yeah, but these guys did it before, man. They're becoming cushions, trampolines, parachutes. God, the Herculoids. It got a 7.4 out of 10 on IMBD, Internet Movie Database. Yeah, I know what that is. It should be a 10 out of 10. Yeah, but some of our amazing friends. They all know. They're amazing. Yeah. Well, considering... They're our friends. Compared to one of the other shows we're going to talk about, that's actually really high. It is. Those ratings are bullshit anyway, and we'll get into that. (laughs) Ratings of critics who get paid... Versus real people, real fans. Are you? Do you go more by the uh, Rotten Tomato score? Because those are, I think fans can can do reviews on that as well. So that's well. There's two different things, you know. There's the the two scores on Rotten Tomatoes: the yeah. high and the low. The first one is the critics, and the low one is usually the fans. Yeah, it's certified fresh. Yes, I think this is certified fresh on Rotten Tomatoes as well. And I'm going to need you guys to check out the Herculoids. Powerful. 
Watch the intro. Yes. Because a lot of things that I don't think I remember or ever watched, you watch the the intros and you're like, oh, fuck yeah, I'd watch that. I remember that. You can find the show on Twitter at AmazingPopPod. That is capital A-M-A-Z-I-N-G, capital P-O-P, capital P-O-D. The hosts do not appear to be on Twitter as much as I could find. I did look for them. <laughs> I always look for people on Twitter. Uh, but synthwave musician Andrew Benone, I hope I'm saying that correctly because I don't remember how they pronounced it in the episode, uh, at all lowercase A-N-D-R-E-W-B-E-N-O-N. And the Amazing Pop Culture Podcast can be found online. Uh, (laughs) On iTunes, it links to their website is being listed as amishbabymachine.podbean.com. In case you'd like that spelled, it's A-M-I-S-H-B-A-B-Y-M-A-C-H-I-N-E.podbean.com. Next up tonight, Life is Short with Justin Long from Wondery. Apparently, new episodes come out every Tuesday. Pretty cool. So the description of the show is, Is it just me, or is time flying by? How do we make the most out of our short time here on Earth? That's what we're here to find out. I'm Justin Long, and I've been an actor for most of my life, so I'm used to getting inside the heads of the characters I play. But now that I'm getting older, I'm 43 now, yikes. (sighs) I want to peek inside the heads of real people to learn how they find meaning in life. I'm also very curious what their favorite snack food is and what emoji they use most often. You know, the really important stuff. Every episode will get personal with all kinds of people, from actors to musicians to deep thinkers who fascinate me. My brother Christian is on hand each episode to keep me honest and occasionally remind me about some of the embarrassing things I've done over the years. Join us, or if you have more important things to do, that's okay too. Life is short. Indeed. So the clip I've selected is from the November 5th episode uh, from 2019, some time ago. It is an interview with Kevin Smith, filmmaker and whatnot, who is listed here specifically as having the credits Jane Silent Bob Reboot and Clerks. I like that they led with Jane Silent Bob Reboot. I, that's funny. I believe it's because it was the most recent thing. <laughs> but Clerks is, Clerks is undoubtedly the most well-known. I could be wrong. Anyway... It says, Kevin Smith and Justin swap stories from Tusk, Zack and Mary make a porno, and all the other projects they've worked on together. And Kevin talks about how his Catholic upbringing was a gateway to his worship of superheroes. It's not only just, I was going to say, this generation, but I don't think it's this generation. It's this modern world. We make things um, so tailor-made. The direct consumer is all about, we got to get them where they live. So let's create something where we could, they can just order something from a convenience store. Mm-hmm. Somebody will drop it off to them. Mm-hmm. They don't want to leave their house. They want to isolate and mm-hmm. shit. They want to be able to drive, but not drive, but they don't want to take a cab because I don't know fucking who wants to call a cab, but they will use an app to like get somebody who's not a licensed driver to come pick them up mm-hmm. and shit. Like technology is kind of, and this is not a complaint. I'm not like, this is not me pointing something out and saying this is broken and needs to be fixed. But my observation is technology has completely infantilized us to the point in the modern world, not just technology, to the point where we have these incredible expectations of what is and and how life is supposed to be. Mm -hmm. That's why you have like, you know, a petition with over a million signatures or whatever the fuck of a bunch of people telling HBO, you have to redo season eight of Game of Thrones because we didn't like it. Oh my God. I mean, think about it. Like this is a culture of like, like uh, if you don't like it, we'll change it. They put up a trailer for fucking a Sonic the Hedgehog movie. And people were so outraged by the character, the CGI character's mouth, 
that the filmmaker has since apologized, taken the movie down and said that they're going to uh, delay the movie until 2020 in order to fix really what everybody doesn't like. Oh my God. And now, you know, I'm not saying that's wrong. I'm not yeah. pointing this out and saying, can you believe this fucking where we are? But I get how it happens. You got a bunch of people, Sonic costing a godly amount of money. Mm -hmm. And whoever's making Sonic is like, well, the people who are going to want to see this movie think the mouth is stupid. So let's fucking right. fix the mouth. makes sense. It's sort of like free uh, test marketing. marketing. It yeah. absolutely makes sense. But it enables the audience or us, human beings, one more example of like, you know, oh, well, life could be exact. Life I can should tailor be it. exactly yeah. as I want. It. Yes. Easy. It's easy. And that's <clears throat> you can get your life yeah. to a place where you're comfortable and like where pretty much what you wanted. If you're lucky, that should be the goal in life. It shouldn't be like get to the top of the mountain. But, it should be like fashion a life for yourself that is exactly in the world around <clears> you, exactly <throat> as you want it to be. But, May you realize your divinity in this lifetime. Huh. You are God shape your universe. Now that's yours. Problem is people shape their universes and then they expect the rest of the universe to, to, to go along to, to acquiesce. Yeah. But it's like, guess what? If everybody's shaping their own fucking universes, some of those are going to line up as like, Oh, adjacent sure. universes. Yeah. And some are going to be parallel opposite to <laughs> everything that you stand for and believe in. But you want that, right? You yeah. want everyone. I mean, as Americans, don't we want everybody the freedom to choose who they want to be and what they want to do so long as it doesn't fucking hurt anybody or something right but th that's not the case anymore we live in these filter bubbles now where no. people aren't allowed in and and but what... isn't that the way the whole world is going though yeah. like we were filter bubbling before you know everyone's like oh this country's divided but well we you saw it early on on the internet yeah i mean you were one of the and we were talking about this before you entered into that world 1995 in a, 95 but then you became very you you had said to me i said what's the appeal of of you know inserting yourself into that world and like being active online and and you said you which is interesting you wanted to know the people that were going to see your movies you wanted to know why you wanted to okay, engage yeah. with them i wanted to be able to talk to the people that bought a ticket the only way you knew how you were doing in your film career back then was like uh the reviews the critics uh -huh. but that's only a select sampling of people who didn't pay to see the movie they saw it for free and this is not me bagging on critics i'm just saying that's an unreliable metric for me yeah and then the other metric is box office which also is, is also it's, a, it, it's some metric, but also an unreliable metric. I wanted to be able to talk to the individuals who yeah. bought tickets to be like, you know, I used to do that. And I still do that for mm -hmm. other people's movies. And I know how hard it is to make money. And I know how hard it is to budget. And then if you're leaving aside money for your own entertainment, you're going to be choosy with what you do. It's a Friday night. You can only see one movie. And, sure. and you picked mine. Why the fuck did you do that? And <laughs> yeah. I think I might want to know you. Yeah. Interesting. We're like-minded. But, and you were talking about that void, that void that that fills. Um, you, you mentioned like you, you know, you're a kid and your parents put your, your artwork on the fridge. Yeah. How good that feels and how we're all still, I think about that a Looking lot. Looking for validation. Yeah. That's what everybody that, wants, man. Like at the end of the day, feeling. they want to be heard. That's yeah. what I think. I think people fundamentally need three things food fucking and to be heard they need to eat they need to have fucking sex um and i'm not saying that's a basic right i'm just saying that's what human beings fucking need yeah. and you can break that down to human contact or whatever but i honestly think it's just flat out sex they need someone else to come with like, yeah that's that keeps a person sane whole happy blah 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 okay well justin long is on twitter at all lowercase j-u-s-t-i-n-l-o-n-g christian long does not appear to be on twitter uh, but is on Instagram, 
at poodollar72, that is all lowercase p-o-o-d-o-l-l-a-r, numeral 7, numeral 2. And Kevin Smith can be found on Twitter at that Kevin Smith. that is capital T-H-A-T, capital K-E-V-I-N, capital S-M-I-T-H. And the show's website is listed as wondery.com, and then a couple other things. Wondery is wonder, W-O-N-D-E-R, then letter Y, wondery.com, forward slash shows, forward slash Justin hyphen long. Ah, can you smell it, friends? Autumn is in the air, crisp and cool. The smell of wood smoke and the leaves turning and falling from the trees. In honor of the autumnal equinox, Henderson's Pants is pleased to introduce their new Autumn Leaf Behind Pants. Working with the fine folks at Monsanto and the latest in chlorophyll technology, Henderson's has created a pair of trousers that literally change themselves. From the moment you slide your legs into your new Autumn Leaf Behind Pants, they begin a subtle but discernible shift in color. They start out as a pair of rather dull, run-of-the-mill tan chinos, but within hours, you'll be delighted as they become more brilliantly hued in a spectrum of breathtaking colors. Greens, reds, yellows. It's like your very own legs were taking a drive through the fall splendor of Vermont. You'll want to pay close attention to your autumn leaf behind pants because within days of activation, they begin to crinkle, crumple, and drop off in leaf-shaped patches onto the floor, which is why they're named as they are. The Henderson's Leaf Behind Pants, once they'd fallen off completely, leaves you with nothing but your behind to show for it. <laughs> Originally designed for romantic country drives, hay rides, and Helga Klontz, the Amish stripper, Henderson's Autumn Leaf Behind Pants can be found inside corn mazes and haunted houses. That's Henderson's, maker of baggy drawers and granny panties since 1841. And now, back to Succotash. And thank you, Bill Haywatt. Finally tonight, WTF with Mark Marin podcast from Mark Marin. Here's a soundcast that has been around for quite a long time and has had many, many guests throughout the years. Many amazing people. Um, but in case you have never heard it before or have never looked it up before, that's what I'm for. That's my role here. So here's its description. Mark Marin welcomes comedians, actors, directors, writers, authors, musicians, and folks from all walks of life to his home for amazingly revealed conversations. Mark's probing, comprehensive interview style allows guests to express themselves in ways listeners have never heard. So the clip I've selected is from a show earlier this year. Uh, March 8th, 2021 is when it posted, and it is an interview with comedian and movie star father, Eddie Murphy, one of my all-time favorites. Now, into the description, it says, Eddie Murphy talks with Mark about his stand-up days, Richard Pryor, his movie career, fatherhood, and why now was the right time to make Coming to America. That is, Coming to, to, in this case, is the numeral to, because it is the sequel to Coming to America, uh, to spelled correctly, in that case. There is a great segment in the episode where he talks about his uh, friendship with Dick Cavett. Friendship, relationship, his, I don't know what you would call it, his, you could say relationship, that's not inflammatory, with Dick Cavett, the interviewer, who has interviewed also a great deal of interesting people, 
many of which uh, you can see those on YouTube. But I don't have a clip of Dick Cavett right now. What I have for you is basically just the just the intro of the interview with Eddie Murphy, where interviewer Mark Maron relates to Eddie as a comedian. What's going on, Mark? How you doing, Eddie? I'm good, man. How are you? I'm okay, man. It's nice to see you. Yeah, same here. I've noticed in some of your other interviews that the candles were lit behind you, but I guess not today. I, I'll, it's okay. Did you turn the candles off? He made he made mention of it. He said, "I noticed the candles were lit in the oven." I don't need the candles. I don't need them. It's not video. Now, now, now you're gonna put them on. Now we have to put them on. Because if you didn't if you didn't want them, you wouldn't, wouldn't have said anything. I just didn't know if they were real. Someone said that they were like uh, a, a, a light, but it's a real candle, huh? Yeah, they just burnt down really low. Isn't that petty of me? I'm like, hey, you know, I saw you on Fallon and the candles were lit. What the fuck the is that about? Were lit. <laughs> <laughs> what am I? Then, Nothing? Then, then you tune in, I, get, I don't even get a candle? <laughs> Where's my fucking What's candle? The dry candles? What are the dry candles back <laughs> So we're going to make it uh, for you, It's beautiful. It's, it's beautiful. More. Two more? Two more. Do you have a, what kind of, where, where are you sitting? Do you have a steakhouse at your place? <laughs> Uh, you know, he just asked me. He said, "Where are you sitting? Do you have a steakhouse at your place?" <laughs> no, this is uh, this is the lounge. There's a bowling alley here, not a steakhouse. Really? And this is the lounge right by the by the bowling alley. So, it's booths and stuff. Oh, how many lanes you got? Two two lanes. Open to the public or just private or? Nah, it's all private. <laughs> Do you have to rent shoes over there? What do you got going up? The, the shoes come uh, complimentary with the, with your steak. <laughs> <laughs> how you feeling? What's going on with the? Um, how much material did you have in place before you had to you know put the kibosh on that tour you were going to do? How much material? I mean, were you working uh, shit out or what? So, but we use, I, I have, I, we have to use the word material loosely because mm. I don't even. It's not. It's not like I write. They have a conversation. You say something funny. If yeah. you were working out, just go try it out at the club. Yeah. Well, now I'll just, you know, if I, if, when that happens, I just say it in the phone. Yeah. And I have, you know, so I probably got, you know, two, three hours of, you know, one, two, three line premises. I have to give some structure to it. Uh, I don't want to be presumptuous. I think you should just re release those phone memos. I mean, I, I think that... <laughs> just, <laughs> just, just have you going, is uh, dogs... And uh, you know what I'm dogs saying. And, dogs and mayonnaise. You'd be like, what the fuck is this dogs and mayonnaise bit going to be? <laughs> you, you, ever get, you ever get so far the, away from those notes notes where you don't even know what the fuck you were talking oh, about? Oh, yeah, when you find them, you're like, what the fuck? The perfect example is mayonnaise. That's five years late, I found something that said mayonnaise. Like, what, yeah. what the fuck was mayonnaise? <laughs> it was important at the moment. Yeah, it was going to kill. It was going to be my killer bit back then. To, to, to the point where you wrote it down. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. I, I I do that too. I just make the outlines. I don't write the jokes. I just do the the trigger words, you know, the the button words. Now, like, oh, okay, I'm going to remember that. That's from doing standing for years and years and years. Well, yeah, it's a, but that's always yeah. how I did. It. I was sorry to hear about Richie. I don't know how close you guys were, but I was sorry to hear about that. Oh yeah, I heard about that the other day. Yeah, man, he's part of my, you know, my history, Richie. For sure. Yeah, right. He was. All, do you remember meeting that guy? Oh yeah, I remember. You know, back in the. Early eighties, the the late seventies, the comic strip. So where you were, you grew up where? I grew up. Uh, I was born in Brooklyn, lived right. in Brooklyn until I was eleven. Then I moved out to Long Island, Roosevelt, Long Island. 
so what was the deal out there? I mean, were you like, when did you start getting involved with, you know, knowing that the comedy was a thing? The comedy wasn't a thing back then. It wasn't, it wasn't no thing. It was like in New York, you had Catch a Rising Star, yep. the Improv, yep. and the Comic Strip. And that was in the, in the city. Yeah. Out on Long Island, you didn't have nothing. It was no comedy clubs. There was one club uh, called, it was a, remember a dude back in the 70s, this Richard Nixon lookalike named Richard M. Dixon? It was a guy, he had a comedy club on Long Island. It was he did? Richard M. Dixon's White House Inn. And on Wednesday nights, he would have comedy nights. And we would, that's what, I started working out there. You did? When I was about 16, yeah. And that was the only joint? Governors wasn't there was yet? The, where, where there the hell was, was no it? governors. There was none of it. There was no East Side Comedy Club. None of that stuff was out there yet. Man, I remember going to Governors. The last time I played Governors, you could still smoke in there. Yeah, I never, like, you, I just, I never played Governors. What was the other one, too? It was a, uh, a rock place we used to play. Uh, my Father's Place. You remember uh, that place? Yeah, I know. Spyro, Spyro Gyra was there every week. <laughs> <laughs> they had had their time. <laughs> right, so you can find the show at WTF Pod on Twitter. That is capital W, capital T, capital F, lowercase P-O-D. Um... Eddie Murphy is not currently on Twitter as of this recording, as far as I know. When he was, it was all lowercase Eddie Murphy, E-D-D-I-E-M-U-R-P-H-Y. And uh, you can find some of his music on SoundCloud, which is uh, at, at SoundCloud.com. Then look up Eddie Murphy music. In fact, it might even autocomplete to that before you're done. But he has done some good stuff in the past. So uh, The host, Mark Marin can be reached on Twitter at all lowercase M-A-R-C-M-A-R-O-N. And, he's, and he does have a website for the show, which is WTFpod.com. And that's all lowercase, because I guess uppercase doesn't work in those HTTPs. And so the first episode of October comes to a close. I do hope you found some entertainment in what I brought to you, and I hope it also, perhaps, gave you one or two ideas as to what you might choose to listen to next. If we piqued your interest in the slightest, then we can safely put that one in the wind column, as it were. Another thing before I go. There will be another episode of Antisocial Show coming out very soon. Perhaps it might even have been released before you heard me mention it several seconds ago. If it has been released by the time you hear episode 275, I will be sure to let you know. You can also look for it and other episodes of Antisocial Show on my SoundCloud, which can be found linked alongside many other links for the various things I am currently or have been involved in over the years at www.tysonsaner.com. That's T-Y-S-O-N-S-A-N-E-R including original music and podcast remixes, along with links to my YouTube channel where I offer loads of gaming content. Mostly console, many retro, more Minecraft coming. I suppose that's more like a few other things rather than another thing, as previously stated, and for that I apologize. Thank you for listening. Be decent to each other. Please think of others when it comes to public health matters. And if anyone asks you if you heard anything interesting recently, won't you please pass a succotash? You've been listening to Suckatash, the comedy soundcast, soundcast, with your host, Tyson Saner. Brought to you by Henderson's Pants and... Imagine your company's name right here. Rate us and review us at Apple and Google Podcasts. Find us on the web at SuckatashShow.com. On Spotify. On Stitcher. On iHeartRadio. On YouTube. On SoundCloud. And wherever fine soundcasts are streamed and 
and or downloaded. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Succotash Show. Like us on Facebook. Email us at tyson at succotashshow.com or call into the Succotash Skype line at our toll call number 818-921-7212. You can also upload clips from your favorite comedy soundcasts directly to us using our direct upload link at hightail.com slash you slash Succotash. Succotash is produced and engineered by Joe Paulino through the auspices of Studio P. Sausalito, the home of the hit. Our hosts are Mark Hershon and Tyson Saner. Our musical director is Scott Carvey. Our booth assistant is Kenny Durges. Succotash is executive produced by Mark Hershon. Until next time, I'm your loyal booth announcer, Bill Haywatt, reminding you to please pass the Succotash goodbye. This has been a Succotash Patch production.